the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. The Innovators Network. Kim McNicholas on innovation. Spotlighting successful entrepreneurs, innovators, investors, and industry experts. Their stories and insights can help you become better informed, better educated, and a better investor. Your host is Emmy Award-winning anchor, reporter, and writer Kim McNicholas. Kim has been a journalist at Forbes magazine, a Fox News Channel contributor, vetted more than 3,000 startups, and has been a mentor for entrepreneurs around the globe. Now, Kim McNicholas on innovation. Microsoft and Hewlett Packard Enterprise are losing customers to one small company that six months ago, just six months ago, raised $165 million in a Series B financing round to compete in the $34 billion software testing market. So, wait a minute. Maybe it's no longer a small company then. Hmm. (laughs) But in any case, here's what they do. When a company writes the code for a piece of software, it must be tested to make sure it works. And that can be timely and costly for any company. Tricentis Software testing technology speeds up that process and reduces the cost for their customers like HBO, Toyota, Starbucks, BMW, Deutsche Bank, even UBS. Recognize any of those names? Huge companies, right? And here's what's interesting. The CEO, Sandeep Jory, used to work at the company he's bringing down, Hewlett Packard. Well, (laughs) bringing down is probably an exaggeration. Maybe giving it a run for its money is probably more like it, at least at this point. Well, Sandeep was Vice President of Strategy and Corporate Development and Vice President of Industry Cloud Solutions at HP, where he grew the company's software business to $3.5 billion. Talk about knowing the competition. Who better to run the disruptor coming up from below than someone who used to be on the inside of one of the biggest competitors in the market? Sandeep, thank you so much for joining us. Thank you, Kim. That was a great introduction. So, someone has a little bit of an advantage. (laughs) (laughs) I think someone's prepared to run the competition and disrupt from below. That's right. (laughs) What sort of advantages do you really feel like it's given you? Do you think it's a fair advantage? (laughs) Well, there's there's never a fair advantage. We want unfair (laughs) <laughs> There's never a, a fair advantage. It's always yeah. an unfair advantage. Okay, can we quote you on that? Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> so, uh, you know, keep going. <laughs> you know, as, as, as a small company, you need unfair advantages, and, and we were lucky in that uh, HP decided not to focus on this area, and uh, and that's uh, you know that that was great timing for us. So what do you mean they're not focusing on this area? Does that mean that they're not really competition then? Uh, no, not really. Any, not anymore. Uh, when I was at HP, I actually acquired the largest company in this space. It was a, com- a great company called Mercury Interactive. 
And uh, we did that acquisition about 10 years ago, uh, almost exactly 10 years ago, uh, in in 2007. And uh, they did really well, but then HP decided that software is not interesting to them. Uh, and uh, last year, they decided to spin out that whole software business. And they also haven't been investing in it. So, you know, it's old technology that HP didn't want to continue to invest in and Tricentis has a very innovative kind of next generation solution. Uh, so in that sense, they have spun off that business uh, to a company called Microfocus and we are right there uh, filling in customer needs uh, as customers are abandoning the old HP product. Wow. And what about Microsoft? How do they fit into the picture? You know, Microsoft has had uh, some testing solutions, but they have tended, like they mostly, like they often do, uh, they have tended to focus that solution on Microsoft technologies. And uh, our solution really is for large enterprises who have every technology imaginable, right? Everything from old old things to brand new mobile front ends and web technologies, but they have everything from the old. So they need a solution that spans that whole spectrum. And so when you're approaching, I, I, I would imagine that you have talked to your sales team and you're sitting here like, okay, you could actually do a bunch of cold calls to new customers, or you could go off to competitors' customers who are sitting here going, oh my God, what's going to happen? They spun the company off. What are we going to do? Is the software gonna, testing technology going to be the same? That's usually an easier approach, isn't it? Yeah, actually, in, in our case, uh, you know, it's, it's, every company is unique, right? Every every startup has a unique approach in, and because it depends on your circumstance. In our case, uh, the old HP or Mercury product was a really dominant product. And nine out of 10 companies uh, out there use their product for uh, you know, testing really complex software. Now, we focus only on the large enterprise, and this 9 out of 10 is true in the large enterprise. I'm talking about kind of the global 2000. So, and that's who we are focused on as well. So 9 out of 10 times when we approach an enterprise, a large company, mm-hmm. they have some HP uh, uh, product already. Uh, they are often looking at open source, as is always the case in every area for the enterprise today. So we are going after the same set of 2,000-odd, two to 3,000 large enterprises worldwide. How do you get in the door and say, you got to give up what you're doing and use us? Uh, you know, what, what lands up happening is uh, almost every large enterprise is, getting, is, is under threat uh, from disruptors, right? Whether you're a, uh, a bank or an insurance company or a retailer or a teleco, uh, so they all have digital initiatives to become more innovative and launch faster. The but even then, there's to... so much red tape that they have to go through in order to be progressive and be in the digital age. <laughs> they yeah, still that's haven't that's... given up. It, they, they, they don't get it that it's the process that needs to change. <laughs> that's right. That's right. No, that's absolutely right. And, you know, uh, none of the larger companies can change overnight, but there's always a project or two that they have, uh, which is taking on these new technologies Mm -hmm. and trying to get innovative and the like. That's who we target because they're the ones that can't work with the old tools. So we try to look for an entry point where there's a project 
that is doing the uh, what in, in the tech world is called DevOps, right? They're trying mm-hmm. to move faster, uh, get innovative faster. So they're the ones that are adopting agile for development. We look for people or projects that are doing that because they feel the pain the most of using older technologies. And that's who we approach. And typically we come in, that, that, that to me is kind of the crack that allows us to get into the enterprise mm-hmm. and uh, get that first uh, beachhead set up. And then the success of that uh, beachhead you know, project then allows us to, once you're in the enterprise, it's much easier to talk to other groups and other projects within the enterprise. So that's typically how we, how we approach a large enterprise. And where do you get most of your leads? Is it, do you use LinkedIn? Is it through some sort of um, thing like Quora, which is an Q&A platform, or where you're learning about what the pain points are and who has the pain points? Where do you go? We, we do a lot of, so, so we are a very disruptive solution. We have a very different approach to, to the older technology, in this case, mostly HP, but even some open source use the same technological base. So we do a lot of uh, uh, webinars and uh, we put out content on the website on how things should be different, why people should look at it. And where do you syndicate that? Where, you know, it's one thing, I mean, if you're using a, you know, a platform like Medium or putting something in using the LinkedIn article creator, um, but putting on your website is, is uh, if you're just putting it there versus sharing it. Um, no, we, we are very, very active uh, socially on, on social media. Mm-hmm. So we put it on our website, but we don't wait for people to come there. We promote it um, on on LinkedIn groups, actually, more than just LinkedIn. We go after LinkedIn. There are LinkedIn groups uh, that uh, focus on the quality engineering and testing uh, okay. uh, area. So we post there. We have a very active uh Twitter account, we post there, we, we post on all the social media. And you probably Plus, find that it's it's really about becoming the thought leader in the space. Absolutely. I mean, no one wants to hear features and the blah, blah, blah. What they really want to know is, uh, you know, in the new world, how should they be doing testing? And, and if we acknowledge uh, how it should be done and, and what are the uh, challenges. If we, we really understand the challenges people face in in testing the old way when you're trying to move faster, so we address those challenges and invite people to read the articles that we've written or come to webinars where we showcase other customers. Mm-hmm. And we've built up a pretty nice database in our in our marketing team. We have a database of over ten thousand names. These are people wow. that have indicated some interest. So we promote our content to them, use social media, organize events. You know, we attend conferences, obviously. And now we've been recognized by the by several analysts, you know, industry analysts as an innovative leader. Uh, and therefore, that lands up being a great source as well. So when there's a, you know, a, a company looking for a new solution, they use multiple channels. They look at who's being talked about. They look at the analysts. They look at where can I get uh, content on the new approach. And that's how, you know, it's, a, it's always multi-channel. Yes, we, it's content we, is the king. Content and community coming up right here on Kim McNicholas on Innovation. We'll have more with Sandeep, so stay with us.
Now, back to Kim McNicholas on innovation. Welcome back to the show. Before the break, we talked to Son Deep about his software testing business that's taken on Microsoft and Hewlett Packard in a $34 billion market. But this isn't his first rodeo. He is a serial entrepreneur who is co-founder and CEO of an identity management solutions company acquired by Oracle called Oblix. And he also has incubated two security startups that were subsequently acquired by VMware. (laughs) Welcome, Sandeep. Thank you for being here. Thank you. And we have quite a few people that have uh, started calling in that I want to get to. Um, Many of these folks um, are in what's called the Extreme Tech Challenge. It is a global startup competition where the top Mm -hmm. 10 present live on stage at the world's largest consumer electronics show in Las Vegas, CES. And then the Mm -hmm. top three, get this, go on to pitch Sir Richard Branson on his private island in the British Virgin Islands. So it's a pretty exciting competition. We've had more than 5,000 applicants over the last three years. We're in our fourth year of this. And so the application process is going on now at ExtremeTechChallenge.com. They're looking for startups between Seed and Series A. So a lot of these companies are looking for your help to beef up their application and get to the point where they got some great traction to to um, get the attention of the judges. Mm-hmm. You ready to go? Yes, absolutely. Okay. Well, I think we have John Negron on the f- on the phone or on Skype first. John? Hi, yeah. I, I'm here via Skype. How are you? Hi, great. Give us your 30-second pitch. We're going to judge you on it. All right. <laughs> Go ahead. Sure, here it goes. Well, I was living in New York City when Hurricane Sandy hit. As a group of friends and I helped to pick up the pieces... It was there when I first realized that crowdsourcing people towards a single cause was something very powerful. Today, the problem that millennials interested in doing good have is that the more headlines they read, the more frustrated they become. They wish there was an easy way to find out how they can get involved. Well, Be A Doer is a new kind of fundraising platform that helps you discover and support social causes right through today's headlines. It's like Pinterest meets GoFundMe. So if you're interested in learning more, you could email me at john at beadoer.io. Thanks. What do you think, Sandeep? I love the story, the introduction. Uh, and uh, it, it sounds, like a, sounds like a great idea. The, uh, Thank you. Only uh, thing I would add is, is leave them with some nuggets, uh, you know, which is the, you explain, it, you put the context, which is the story. It makes it personal. It shows you, you have passion. That's important. You describe the thing really well. Uh, maybe show some momentum or say mm-hmm. something about, you know, some nugget that you leave people with, like, mm-hmm. you know, we already have, you know, I put this out and two weeks we got 5,000 people signing up or, uh, you know, one person. If you don't have five thousand people, you gotta, you can't make that up. So then, uh, create a vignette. Talk about a single story. Like one person has raised two thousand dollars in two weeks, or or something to that effect, or collected uh, five hundred of their friends to support a cause. Something that you know, I call it a nugget, a nugget that you can leave that shows momentum or shows excitement about it. I agree, and I also think that the first question that I had as I was listening, is, well, why couldn't they use Facebook groups? And why couldn't they use Snapchat? Why couldn't they use something, you know, like 
GoFundMe that's already available out there? Yeah, that's a great question. And I mean, I think there are ways to, to find it, but there are a bunch of people that are just frustrated and read something. And so we've created a discovery engine mm. where you can read what's going on in Syria and right there in context through our algorithm, discover causes that you're probably interested in and want to get involved right there. So this is so almost like something. content, community in action. Exactly, exactly. So what's your question for Sandeep? Yeah, well, thank you so much for that great feedback. I'll definitely uh, try to incorporate that in. But my question is, is since we're a consumer-facing company, um, maybe you could explain some some tactics that you might have employed in your companies in the past that you've used before you had those nuggets you mentioned uh, to gain traction, to gain interest. You know, um, uh, most of most of my companies have been enterprise companies. It's a, it's a little bit different. Uh, and, uh, you know, the, the one piece of generic advice I would give you is, is ignore all advisors like me or experts who people who are claimed to be experts. What you are doing is unique. You have the passion. Come up with something creative of your own. And uh, what, what works for you might not work for someone else, or rather, put it the other way, what works for someone else might not work for you. So I, I, I'm not giving you a – there is no silver bullet in this. Every, you know, every uh, consumer-facing company that has gone, uh, gone on to get a lot of uh, users – has used a slightly different te- technique, right? Uh, they've, they've something different has worked for them. And I think the only thing I could tell you is think about what you think can work for you given your focus, right? It's on, on a social cause, it's networking, it's content. You know, try to figure out how do you make it viral or and, and it, it's something that you'll have to discover. You and know, it's, I don't, it's I so don't easy, though. You, well, you, you were talking before the break about content and community, and I think that they have the mm-hmm. ultimate company. They are content and community in action. And so I really think, I mean, getting out there on every platform imaginable and playing on the news, look what's trending, what social causes are trending on Twitter, what social causes are, are trending on uh, Facebook. Really play off of those and... Add your insight. Add a button on there where they can donate or they can be a part of the action. Every single – I mean, you have opportunities every single day to get traction with and very, very stories. simple techniques. And great stories you can, you can share, right? Such great – I mean, you, you would have great stories on your platform, which, is, which are very marketable stories. Yep. And, you know – one of the, the secrets that I learned from a really good friend of mine, uh, Colette Davis, she's a professional race car driver and also the host for a brand new show on TLC um, called Girl Starter. And she taught me that when you share an, to share someone else's article, to share it in your own blog post and add your own insights so you're with a link to their their blog post as well. And then you put your blog post in the comments section of their blog post where you added even further insight and they're going to, the reporter's going to get a atten- you know, t- take note and give you attention because you're sharing and they're so honored that you shared their article. They're going to pay attention to you and probably follow you. That's great. great. Yeah. <laughs> Do you have another question <laughs> for him? 
Um, yeah, I do. Uh, well, so, you know, just more, more general, I mean, what, Sandy, what have you learned about starting businesses from scratch that maybe like other people usually miss? Your um, own truism. The, the truisms are all over right now. There's so much content. Everyone's got advice on it. Uh, to, to my earlier point, you know, every startup is unique and uh, it's a very, very, um, uh, it's a very unique journey. And it's, it, it's a journey that you have to go through yourself uh, and listen to everybody, but do your own thing is what I would say, right? Listen to everybody. Everyone will, if, if 10 people give you advice on your 30 second pitch, you're going to have a terrible one minute pitch left at the end of it. So you got to listen to everybody, take their critique, but then do what, comes to your heart or, or your gut says it's the right thing. And, and every startup I've done has turned out to be, have its own set of unique challenges and you have to be willing to, uh, you know, willing to solve them creatively and be open-minded about how you're going to solve them. There is no uh, formula that works across all of, uh, across different uh, startups. It's, it's a very, very unique journey. And one thing I think that, <laughs> most startups actually miss and the biggest mistake that they actually make is the fact that they become so heads down that from the very beginning they don't create a PR strategy. Every day there's a story that is going to give you a unique advantage. When you're ready to do that big launch, you want to be able to give a 100 different exclusives to every single publication out there. So start today documenting every aspect of the journey, every conversation that you have, every piece of advice, and Every decision that you make and start now to prepare for that PR strategy and whoever you hire when you're ready to launch is going to love you. Thank you so much, John. And we'll be right back with more questions from startups competing in the Extreme Tech Challenge. So stay with us. Now back to Kim McNicholas on innovation. Welcome back to the show. We have Sandeep Jory. He is the CEO of Transcentis. They create a software testing Technology they're taking on and the big, bad Microsoft and Hewlett Packard in a $34 billion market. But he's, this isn't his first rodeo as an entrepreneur. He's done it quite a few times and incredibly successful. And so I invited him on to answer some questions for some startups who need quite a bit of advice. They are entering into the Extreme Tech Challenge. Hoping for a shot to pitch Sir Richard Branson. Thank you, Sandeep, for taking the time. I know you have a very busy schedule. <laughs> You're welcome, Kim. You ready for your next one? Absolutely. Okay. It looks like we have Mika Jung on the line. And she has a web platform that supports millennial women to get out of debt and create and uh, some sort of financial roadmap. Thank you, Mika. Hey, thanks for having me on. It's uh, Minky. Oh, it is Minky. Yep. Well, nice to meet you. I happened to um, run across a note from Mickey on the um, on the Facebook, I think it was, in a Facebook group, and you were telling me that you're just tired of people saying no. <laughs> yeah, I've gotten some uh, downturns, so hoping to get some advice on how to better pitch. So give us your 30-second pitch. We want to hear it. Awesome. So Winnie is a financial GPS that helps millennial women get out of debt and build a financial roadmap. Basically, it's an automated bot that helps create, uh, curate financial information like a financial counselor combined with a, the social aspect of Weight Watchers. 
What do you think, Sandeep? It's pretty clear. Uh, nice, nice pitch. Uh, nice pitch, Mickey. Uh, wh- why uh, you you sound like you're getting a lot of no's? Tell me more about it. Um. So we like when we talk with our users or potential users, we get a lot of excitement. But when I talk to um, potential investors or when as we're applying to accelerators, just nothing's happening. <laughs> So uh, I'm not quite sure where I can better improve on the on the other side. And so, so have they Mickey, given you any feedback? Um, in yes and no. Uh, they they tell us they like the idea. They like that we're an all women team, um, and they like the fact that we're we're our market is fairly focused on the millennial women in fintech um but not not much feedback on where we can improve <laughs> we we are fairly early stage though that being said maybe that's yeah sandeep any so, words of wisdom well uh some words of reassurance first of all uh mickey it takes a lot of no's uh for every startup <laughs> i'm not kidding i tell you when when my uh uh, Kim mentioned my first startup, uh, Oblix, which, uh, in retrospect, sounds you know great, uh, very successful, and it all sounds smooth. But I'll tell you, I must have pitched to I don't know 50 VCs, all of whom, uh, you know, I, I started that in '96. Uh, there, there weren't any incubators and stuff like that, so you had to go straight to VCs on Sandhill. I must have pitched at least 40 or 50 and got no's from all of them. And guess what? Uh, we landed up getting eventually landed up getting funding from what at the time was considered the best VC, which was Kleiner Perkins. It was the most prestigious firm. So the point I'm making is, don't let the nose get you down. If you believe you have something good, keep going, keep going. And remember, all you need is one, right? All you need is one. It doesn't matter if even a hundred say no. All you need is to find one, and you will find that if you keep pitching. The other thing is. Uh, you know, by the way, all the ones that said no to me, then after we got funded by Kleiner, they all said, hey, we loved your pitch. And, <laughs> and uh, you know, next time you start a company or the, for the next round, please come and talk to us. And I was like, yeah, right. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> of course. Those are great uh, moments. <laughs> yeah, of course I will. Uh, so, so that's one thing. Don't, don't, let it, don't, don't let it get you down. Okay. Don't let it get you down. And remember that you need all you need is one right? All you need is one. The other thing is keep going. Uh, try to see if, if there's a way to, uh, to sustain your business without raising external money. Uh, if you can do that by keeping your expenses low and creating some kind of a revenue stream, uh, that's the best thing because then the results will speak for themselves. I'll tell you at Tricenters, when I joined the company four years ago, they had raised only one round of $7 million dollars. And I didn't really want to raise a lot of rounds. So we kept a really tight ship. We kept selling, kept getting traction with customers. And we got up to $30-plus million plus in mm. revenue and then raised money. And we, ra- we effectively skipped B, C, and D probably and raised $165 million directly. And people were shocked uh, because we just kept quiet and kept making progress on the business. So 
there are other routes, you know, uh, uh, getting a incubator to accept you or getting a VC to fund you is not the only route. Uh, there are three things. Um, check out Rent the Runway. They have an accelerator program in New York. Definitely check that out. Um, they just talked about it at Girls in Tech. Pretend like you were there or something and email them and say, hey, I was there. The CEO was speaking and talked about some accelerator program Rent the Runway has. So do that. Second thing is do what, you know, Sandeep mentioned that, you know, you're going to go back in, what, 10 years, maybe have another company, and you're, these investors are going to be like, hey, we want to invest now. Write about that day that that happens. Just journal about that day and how it feels. Just pretend it happened. Pretend it's going on right now. Write about that and how that feels. Third thing really quick is sign up for helpareporterout.com. H-A-R-O, helpareporterout.com, and look for opportunities every single day. I want you every day to pick one of those media opportunities where they're looking for an expert in some sort of financial thing. You be that expert and get your company out there. Definitely, the more you can get an SEO, the better for you. Thank you so much, Mickey. Hopefully we helped out. Um, next on the phone, we have Mehmet Kazgan, I think it is. Mehmet? Mehmet? Hello. Hi. Yes. Hello, how are you? Good. So 30-second pitch to Sandeep so we can give you a little feedback. Sure. We build chronic disease platforms tracking platforms for patients and clinicians to track and quantify chronic disease symptoms and provide better quality of care to chronic disease patients. That was 15 seconds. I think I did pretty good. (laughs) Yes, you did. (laughs) Sandeep, what do you think? Um, it, it, uh, you have time. Don't, don't waste it. Your 14 seconds that are left, uh, you know, uh, I think you were clear on what you do. Uh, perhaps I would add, uh, you know, how, how does it change the life or what are the benefits that people get as a result of that? And 14 seconds to net it, you, you said you did a great job of what you do and maybe end it since you have 14 seconds still, uh, end it with here's, you know, how if, if I was someone with a chronic illness, how will it benefit me? Right. Mm-hmm. Your pitch was a little more centric on what you do. So it was more internally focused as opposed to the audience or the customer to show to, to maybe add a little bit about what is it that it does for them? You know, how do they sure. benefit from it? And so we have about a minute, 30 seconds left to get your next question in and for Sandeep to answer. Um, you want to drop in your question, Mamit? Absolutely. That was my technique to use the rest of it pretty effectively. So I think that worked really well. Sandeep, thanks so much. Um, I, I think the, the, the biggest problem I'm having is, is um, to, to give a straightforward message to the framework of patients, providers, payers, because we're actually talking and providing a solution for those three um, three stakeholders in the picture. So, of course, patients. We're trying to patient-centric solve the problem for them in, in the in the end. But it's it's a it's a collaborative work of those three stakeholders together. So, when you hear something like that, um, how would you approach to that problem to give that message cleanly as as early as possible for for that big framework? And you have thirty seconds, Sandeep, to answer that complicated question. Okay. So, so the short answer is simplify the problem. I know. It can benefit all three. Don't try to solve. You will not get all three. One VC had told me uh, a, a great line. You know, don't try to get three stars to line up. It's 
hard enough to get one to work for you. Trying to find all three of them to work uh, together is the is a difficult thing. Simplify the problem, make it valuable to one person, one of those three, focus on them, and then if it's valuable to them, the others will get drawn in. I hope that helps, Mamet. No, it does. Thank you so much. Thank you me. so much, Mamet. And thank you, Sandeep Jory. He is the CEO of Tricentis. We really appreciate you joining us and spending so much time helping our startups today. Thanks, Kim. Thanks for the opportunity. This was fun. I, and I, I loved your comment about help a reporter. I'm going to look that up myself. Yes. Your PR person should be doing it every day. <laughs> All right. We will do that. Take care. Have a great weekend. Well, trying to get millennials in on your up-and-coming technology. Up next, we have Gabby Occupente, student at University of Southern California, with our next-gen tech report. So stay with us. This show is distributed by the Innovators Network. For more information and other great shows and content, visit theinnovators.network. Three-star general Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal records to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.